Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode number three of the Education Movement Podcast. My name is Henry Rivera, and I will be your host for today. In this episode, I am joined by the wonderful Colleen Good, who is the founder of the Facebook group Teaching During COVID-19, which now has over 128,000 members. During our conversation, Colleen and I take a deep dive into her teacher career, the inception of her Facebook group, and how it's impacted the lives of educators today. I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I enjoyed making it. See you on the other side. Here we go. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to speak with today's guest. Her name is Colleen Good. If you're a teacher with a Facebook profile, you might have heard of her. Colleen is a middle school special ed teacher with 18 years of experience in special ed. She holds two master's degree in administration and in special education. She also holds a postmaster certification in director of special education. She's the mother of four wonderful children, and she's the founder of the Facebook group called Teaching During COVID-19, which has grown to a group of over 128,000 members and still counting. Ms. Colleen Good, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am very happy that you're here too. So while I'm eager to talk about the role that you've played in the lives of today's educators, first I want to talk about you. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, of course. I, um, you had mentioned I'm a mother of four wonderful children. My husband, Steve, and I have um, been together just short of 20 years, and we do have four children, two, I call them my adult children, my grown-up children, um, with careers of their own, and then um, a daughter who is almost 16 and one that is 11. Um, so they, they definitely keep us hopping. Um, I have been teaching for 18 years, like you said, 16 years of that has been in special education. I did teach first grade um, one year. That was an exciting challenge. Um, and then another year I did some of my, when I was doing my schooling for administration, I stepped into um, some of those roles for a school year and then happily um, slipped back into the classroom. Um, where I have been teaching middle school special education since that. I absolutely love middle school students. I, uh, I think that they um, are at the most beautiful, vulnerable times of their lives to grow and um, you know, shape and mold them into young adults. And I love being a part of that. Um, I am crazy and quirky and like to have a good time. And uh, I think that we do that very well together. You know, I'm the teacher that you can always hear from down the hall, uh, like nice. just laughing and having a good time and playing games and being silly. So I really, that it's definitely my niche and where I belong. Um, like I had said before, I'm married to um, my husband, Steve, and we, we spend our time. He's actually a coach. He coaches football and wrestling um, in my district. And so, um, but our kids go to school in the town that we live in. And so we kind of have this perfect double life going on where we we do you know their sports in the town that we live in but then we go and we support my husband and the the district that I work in so we appreciate that and we love that about our lives it just keeps us super busy yeah and um our our kids who are still in school are involved in a lot of activities and sports and so we are just constantly going and um we're definitely each other's biggest supporters yeah, yeah, sounds like you're running around a lot. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I think I'm going to say this on behalf of many other educators, but bless your soul for teaching middle school. Um, I hear <laughs> so many people say that, you know, so many people that say like, oh my God, you teach middle school, bless you. <laughs> Right, and then add special education on top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something. And actually, I've, I mean, I, I haven't had the chance to talk about this, but before I became a teacher, I used to, I used to be a teacher assistant for special education, also in middle school. Um, this is when I okay. used to work in Echo Park in, in Los Angeles. And I also found that like, it, was, it was a really great group to be around, you know? Um, and, and I thought it was so important to be around students of that age, especially say with, with those learning disabilities, because you have a lot of those students need someone who can really cheer them on, you know, who, who can um, be a great influence on them and make them feel like they're really, they're really not that bad. In fact, it definitely reshaped the way I thought about what special education is. I used to think special education was something like I don't know, like students with Down syndrome or just something very extreme until I was in the classroom with students who were uh, special education and they seemed so normal to me, <laughs> you know, just some of them may have like slight learning disabilities like dyslexia and whatnot, <laughs> but that, that was about it. So when they have someone, say like yourself, that are there to push them on and egg them on and just have them refine those skills that they have, it, it makes such a huge difference. So honestly, I very much applaud you and respect the work that you do in the classroom. Thank you. Yes, of course. Okay, so uh, you mentioned teaching first grade, you mentioned, um, you know, from there going on to middle school, but what got you into teaching in the first place? Well, I think my story is a little unique. Um, to traditional teachers who, you know, a lot of times you'll hear like, oh, my, my third grade teacher was so fantastic. And that's why I wanted to go into education. Or, um, you know, I knew the second I stepped foot into my kindergarten classroom that I was going to be a teacher. Um, my story was not like that at all. Um, I attended parochial school from kindergarten through eighth grade. And um, at best, I would say that the teachers there were mediocre. I um, not not much stood out to me like about building relationships or feeling safe at school. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a home that had its fair share of trauma because um, my dad was an alcoholic and so um, that posed some challenges for me and um, nobody noticed. Nobody saw this little girl who was just present. You know there was no there was um, just surfaced for me and, and nobody noticed that nobody dug in any deeper. I did end up going to um, the public high school and it wasn't until my sophomore year that I met one of the most amazing women and teachers that I still consider a friend today. Um, I'll give her a little shout out, Jennifer Starkey White. She was my, um, she was my DECA advisor and she saw me and she heard me and she knew that there was potential in me and and she kind of scrubbed at the surface until she found it wow. um and until i found it and um it was even then that i still was not convinced that i was going to be a teacher um actually she was my deck advisor so i was getting really good at business um and wow. running my own business and um had some hopes to do that i'm a 
I'm a first generation college student. And so I just kind of went through the motions, right? There was nobody really pushing me. My parents did their best, but they didn't really have experience with that. And right. um, so then I somehow landed myself as a freshman at Edgewood College in Madison. And um, well, they told me I had to pick something. And so I decided to go <laughs> on a whim and I chose psychology because that's what everybody does. And I wasn't happy at all. Um, I actually became close with the Dean of Students there and her and I sat down for several hours. And we just talked about the, the pieces of my life that were going really well and my strengths and, um, you know, kind of where I saw myself. And that's when it was evident that I wanted to help kids that were like me in a big way. Um, I wanted to advocate for those who were vulnerable. I wanted to see the kids that were hurting and give them hope. And so I didn't go into, you know, education much of the same as other people. I went in to help kids that were just like I was. And, and when you say that they were just like I was, were you, do you mean like someone, those who were unnoticed or, uh, or what, what do you mean by like me? Yeah, that's exactly, yep, that's exactly right. I, um, I wanted to help the kids at a deeper level than, than just um, checking in with them at the beginning of the day and seeing how their night was and, yeah. you know, congratulating them on how well they did on their last math test. I wanted to, um, you know, form relationships and deeper bonds with students that really only happened with me one time in my whole, you know, academic career. Yeah. And I mean, I can't help but to ask, you know, I'm, um, as, as an educator myself, uh, I do my best, right, to build relationships with my students. But why, why do you think that a lot of the teachers at this parochial place that you were going to school that weren't necessarily doing that? Do you think they were just going through the motions of teaching or was it that the curriculum was very rigorous and they had no time? Like, or what was, what was the deal? But why do you think they were so uh, cold? Um, I don't think they knew any better. Um, I think that I do have some relationships with some of them now. Um, you know, through the world of technology, um, even Facebook, reaching out. And and I just think that, I think the setup and the structure of the school that I was going to didn't necessarily open itself up to building deeper relationships like that. Um, you know, being in a parochial school, our focus was more on building deeper relationships with with God. And it wasn't necessarily about, you know, it was just more of, it was, sit and get, right? For eight years, I'd just I sit and get. Um, and there really wasn't much more to okay. that. Okay. Okay. As you aspired to, to teach students like yourself and, and really build a relationship somewhere down the line, you had to have known that, well, something had to pull you in the direction of special education, right? So what, what is it? I mean, why not teach a classroom that is full of students who don't have disabilities? Why go for special ed? Yeah, that's a good question. So I really think that um, one of the biggest pushes was right as I graduated high school, I got a job at working at a residential treatment center, mm-hmm. and which was very challenging yet very rewarding. Um, I worked with students that lived, lived at this place for anywhere from two to five or six years they were there. Um, oh. And there would be 
anywhere from six to 12 kids on a unit or in a group home. And I found myself building relationships with these kids, um, you know, through playing games or going on outings or, um, you know, just setting the dinner table or making, making the day's lunch. I also got involved in coaching Special Olympics and that I was, I was an athlete when I was in high school. And so um, to be able to help um, other kids in Special Olympics. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Special Olympics I event have, or anything like that. It is, it's yeah. so cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it um, and so I really enjoyed that piece too. There's, there's something special about these kids that oftentimes just get overlooked, like you said before, about, oh, you just stereotype. Like you just think it's the kid with Down syndrome or, or the kid with autism, but instead it's these kids that have these amazing abilities. And I felt that, I just just felt this pull and this charge that it was, it it was in me to pull that out of them to show to other people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that makes total sense, right? As the same way that that teacher pulled it out of you, then Mm -hmm. you're like, I know I can do that with these kids. And that's why, yeah, that makes, that, that's, that's amazing. And also, yeah, if, if you participate in Special Olympics, that's yet another golden star for you, you know, because I know that's a very special event. I mean, it's big, right? Those events are, are really big. And, and I'm sure yeah. they take a lot of work to set up. But it means so much to those students. And, and I've taken my classes, uh, some of them are inclusion classes, and some of them are just regular classes. And I've, I've taken them to, to, to see the Special Olympics and make it into it too. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fine. Awesome. And actually, my husband, my husband was like, I don't, I don't really know what the title was, but like, he was in charge of the the Special Olympics, like for that area. So he was like the agency manager oh. um, for Special Olympics. So I was really big with him too. And so, and actually working there is where I ended up meeting my husband. So um, he and I just had, you know, we had kind of done that together for a couple of years. He did it longer than I did, but it just, that was that was our hobby. That was our pastime that we would do together. How has the, how has the pandemic that we are experiencing now impacted you, your family, and your school? Well, I can start with um, I'll go backwards, if you will. Yeah. Start with the bigger bigger picture and narrow down to me. I I happened to work in a district who already had a one on one initiative. Um, with technology devices for all of our students, K-12. And uh, we're actually a very small district and we're all in one building, early childhood through 12th grade. Mm. So Wait, when... what? That, like K-12 <laughs> all in one building? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. It's a, um, it's, I, I don't know the exact population of the school, but it's right around a thousand. Oh, wow. Um, students, yep. Yeah, so it's, to say that we are a strong, connected family is an understatement. Okay. Um, so it's, it's really great. So when it came to the technology piece and how we were going to be able to reach our students and our families, you know, through a device, I didn't, I didn't feel that there were any big question marks there, right? We're already doing it. We have all of these um, virtual platforms that we're using on a daily basis to connect with our kids. We did spend some time learning how to do um, the video chats like we're doing Zoom now. Um, we use Blue Jeans in my district, which I had never heard of before, um, but we had already used that for our distance learning students. So we were, I feel like we were prepared 
the piece that I don't think we were prepared for was the heartache of not being with our kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that kind of goes to how I'm doing. I've had to, um, I've had to grieve the loss of those face-to-face interactions with my kids and my, my colleagues and, you know, really in, endure this feeling of like emptiness and you're in this world. I kind of explained it like, you know, our world right now has been forced to come to a complete halt. Um, yeah, there's like this storm raging inside of me that I, I couldn't figure out how to shut it off. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out where I needed to put all of that energy. And, you know, as, as far as my household, um, well, my, my oldest daughter, who um, recently graduated from the University of South Carolina, decided she wanted to move back to Wisconsin. So that was by happenstance that she was here. And then my other son, he, um, he also teaches in a school. He's a paraprofessional in a high school self-contained EBD room. And um, so he decided instead of staying home alone, he was going to come stay here. And so we have all four children here. And my husband has the capability of working from home. So um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, is the only one that has to leave. She works in a group home. So there's five of us who are scratching to get Wi-Fi access. And five of us that are trying to do video conferences at the same time or, you know, have phone calls with our students or our families. And so I'm thankful that we have a house with many rooms um, so we can separate. Um, And fortunately, my younger two girls had spring break last week. So that allowed for me to kind of ease into the virtual learning while they were kind of doing their own thing, not having too much responsibility. Um, but this week is all hands on deck. So, so far, so good. We've been able to balance that. And then I have spring break next week. So, you know, I feel like we need to get through this week and then um, (laughs) (laughs) see how it goes from there. But I just, you know, I I feel like, I feel like I'm doing much better than I was in the beginning. I I was sad and I was grieving and I was confused. and there was no end in sight. You have a, a daughter who just graduated from college. You have a son who's also teaching and um, two kids who are in school, right? One yep. in fifth grade yep. and what, what about the other one? Uh, she's a sophomore. And she's a sophomore, okay. Yeah. And, and all of them have had to do this distant learning? Yeah, um, they're, my kids' district is doing it a little different. They have, I, I was able to kind of peek over shoulders today to see kind of how they're doing things. Um, where in my district, I have kind of, we call them office hours that I'm, I'm in my, my video chat room for, yeah. you know, several hours at a time and kids just pop in and out as they need to. And, you know, we do our check-ins and I do some some of my same social skills trainings with them. We talk about feelings and behaviors, and then we try to you know, tackle as much school as we can. And, you know, I really am um, having real conversations with kids today, oh, even good. about they just want to be back at school. They're wow. just, they're, con- they're confused and they're sad, and they just want to be done with this. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of refreshing to hear. I know, um, so I haven't had the chance to communicate with my kids as much because they're doing 
they're, they're not necessarily doing distant learning via like conference, uh, video conferences or anything like that. What we're doing as in our district is we're giving them additional resources for them to do more independent practices. And so um, when we first released them, you know, when we were closing schools, I mean, you should have seen, the, you can only imagine the, the excitement that was in the room, right? We're like, what, we're gonna be off for a month? This is so exciting. And I think I've, I like to imagine that our students are, are you know, missing class and, and they're, they're eager to be back, but there's no way for me to know. <laughs> oh, that makes me so sad for you. <laughs> you can't connect with them. Yeah, but um, it's okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are many of them who are emailing me and and good. sending me some, you know, some some very heartfelt messages, and and I hold on to that and I respond, you know, as best as I can. But it's not the same thing as having, you know, your entire class with you and and sharing sharing yourself with them because that's what we do as teachers, right? Is we share a lot of you just share a lot of yourself with them. So you started a Facebook group called Teaching During COVID-19 that's grown to nearly 130,000 members in a very short amount of time. So what gave you the idea to create this group? Well, I think I created it on a Saturday morning and that was after, you know, I just talked to you about the, the grieving and the loss and the sadness that I was yeah. feeling. And I had just, I think I had just shared my, um, my second resource on my personal Facebook page. And I just thought to myself, this is silly. Like, can't we use social media to come up with like a hub for all of us to do it in the same place? And so I just um, quickly came up with some generic name of a group. And I, I don't know that I have ever started a Facebook group before. Oh. And um, wow, I- so this is your first one? Yeah. Wow, and it blew <laughs> up. Good for you. It did. <laughs> did and I really I only added um my personal friends who were teachers because I just thought you know and I think I even made a remark to my husband or whoever was sitting in the living room at that time like wouldn't it make more sense for all of us to have one place to go and we can just share our resources that way so I, I think by the end of like night one I was like you guys it's at like 2,000 people and I don't <laughs> have 2,000 friends <laughs> um that are teachers you know and so we just watched it just continue to grow and it was just like whoa this is beyond anything that I had even imagined yeah yeah wow so it just it grew and grew and and now I mean not only is it a Facebook group where educators are expressing themselves like and, and sharing those feelings right that you just expressed like oh, I'm yeah. sad not to be with my kids and all but I'm I'm seeing I mean I'm in that Facebook group myself that's how I found you and mm -hmm. I'm seeing that, yes, like a lot of them are sharing resources, but now you guys have also started something that I think is going to be very helpful to all educators, which is the, um, the wellness chalk talks. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Can, maybe you want to tell us a little more about that? Yeah, I'm um, actually super excited about this. So um, Pam Ryan, she's one of Brene Brown's global facilitators. She was feeling this push inside of her, um, you know, and one of, one of the things Brene Brown talks about is, you know, reaching outside of yourself and pushing yourself, daring yourself to do something um, outside of your comfort zone. And so um, we had a connection and actually at the time I had already added um, another administrator to the page. 
um, just a, a friend of mine that teaches in the district that I live in, um, but just somebody to help moderate it. And so her and I had a joint conversation with Pam and we just talked about how we're a trend that we were seeing is that teachers are at a loss and 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 they're doers and they're givers and they're fixers and they're at a place right now that they might not feel that they can yeah. and, and now um as if it wasn't hard work being a teacher before now they have to do it outside of their classroom and they have to do it potentially with spouses at home and children at home and you know there's always been this at least for me this break between like okay so when i'm at school i'm a teacher yes i'm still a mom but my focus is on those kids there then when i'm done with school i can focus on my kids at home but now i have to do both and it's hard it's hard to do them separate and so we were just recognizing and like i said before like the world has come to this halt yet we just have this storm raging inside of us we have all of these emotions the the grief and the fear and the anxiety and the overwhelm and the sadness and um how can we help teachers and so through a couple conversations we thought pam had offered that um she could do like a zoom conference call with several teachers and um we could just kind of we could do some self-care we could be intentional and we could talk about what our overwhelm is our anxiety our feelings and then set some intentions on how to take care of ourselves and so we decided that we would take um, 10 teachers from my district and 10 teachers um, from my friend Melissa's district and we would bring them together we had our first Zoom call um, two Sundays ago, and it it was unbelievable. A place really? that this group of 20 teachers could come together and connect and collaborate and get real and talk about kind of not how society wants them to feel about this or not how you know their school wants them to feel about this, but real and raw nice. and um, yeah and then um last night it was great and then we also um joined forces with two women from um a company called steeping wellness who is actually contracted with my district to focus on exactly what we want to focus on they work with teachers to offer opportunities for self-care and better nutrition and um, you know how to take time out of their day to focus on themselves and so together, and then I added another administrator. So then together, now we have this force of these, these six women who, who have this shared goal of helping our teachers go through this very scary time um, of uncertainty. And so last night on Facebook, before I went to bed, we rolled out um, our new wellness chalk talk. And so um, really, just like I said, the focus is to form cohorts of about 20 teachers in each group and to hold a series of four to six meetings, um, either twice a week or once a week, and to connect our, our teachers on a level that we, that we really haven't had before. I, don't, yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of 
um, another platform out there that allows teachers to connect together from all over, not only the country, but all over the world, because we have international teachers that are on the page. Wow. So, I mean, um, they too are being impacted by the pandemic, right? I'm sure they're experiencing the same thing. Yep. So it makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so to, to have a platform where there's safety um, and there's trust and there's integrity, and to just open this, the possibilities really are endless. And, you know, the focus is really for our teachers um, to fill their cup because once, once they feel well and do well, then our, our kids feel well and do well. Yeah. And so when does the, the first official one take place? Um, well, I, and actually right before I hopped on with you all here, I was working on some kinks with the Google forms, trying mm -hmm. to make them public. Um, so we have, we actually now have, one, two, three, four, or five facilitators that are going to be running um, different cohorts. And okay. so um, there's different times. What we're doing is we're taking the, um, the Google Forms and we're pinning them at the top of our page so that when people go in, they can just easily find them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... Um, but you're one you're hosting other, one of them? I was not going to host one of them. I was okay. in one of them. Okay, um, got it. I, I was, um, but actually, now that you say that, one of our goals is to take some of the teachers who feel brave enough um, after they've been through a cohort to branch off and start creating their own. Oh, yeah, so that's that a great is, idea. Yeah, because, right, we're teachers and we're doers. Yeah. We can do this. And we're, yeah. we're brave all the time every day. So, <laughs> um, so we can do that. And I, I have had one um, colleague of mine reach out and say that she would be more than happy to branch off and start her own, her own cohort. So that would be great. As we wrap this up, assuming things go back to normal at some point, what would you want to happen to this Facebook group that you created and got so popular? I think one of the things that, as an administrator of the group, um, one of the things that I receive messages about um, a lot is um, people wanting to um, take down anything that's perceived as a harsh word um, or comments, um, oh. <laughs> or anything, anything that is perceived too um, political. And yeah. so I think what we've created here, for the most part, I mean, things slip through the cracks, but for the most part, is a safe, trustworthy platform for teachers to be real, yeah. and not have to worry about the worldly criticism that we undergo all the time yeah. and and not have to worry about you know pitching ourselves on a political platform and like justifying our career choice mm -hmm. um, oh my so god yes I feel like so many times on other you know I, just on my regular Facebook page like I I feel like I can get triggered so easily if I see somebody that posts something that's like what and I feel like I have to go back and defend myself <laughs> Um, you know, as an educator. So um, uh, one thing that I see this page continuing to be is a safe, trustworthy spot um, for teachers to do their thing and in, to share resources yeah. in a way that has never been shared before. 
so this is just you know to see videos of other teachers and and to hear their um you know their failed attempts and their successful trials and you know it's just so easy to you know then we can adjust our sales you know we have some that are are being pioneers and they're they're trying brand new things that you know encourages us to use that banner or even i mean i can't say even even today somebody had posted something about um you know their district did something like the, the squares of the brady bunch you know and they were all smiling they did a video and they sent it out to kids well guess what my district did that today too because we see these awesome things that are happening um, all over the place. And everybody wants to celebrate their kids like that. Yeah. Everybody wants to reach their kids. And so um, I don't know of any other profession that allows for professional uh, feeling quite like education does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to have, have a platform where we can take great things from each other, you know, and to keep it free of criticism. Oh, yes. And I was also thinking to keeping it free, period. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I definitely see that with like, there's so much potential in this group, even after the COVID-19 is over, the pandemic is over, because yeah. that's what that's what we're already doing, right? We're, we're sharing resources with one another, people are sharing ideas. And if someone I can see someone posting perhaps like a failed attempt, like you said, at, at something they tried to do, and then another teacher or another educator that has done something similar, um, giving out some pointers, you know, just a, one of those great resources that is all in one, you know, it's all in this one group, yeah. you post out your, maybe your concern or something you need help with, and you have over 130,000 and maybe even more by the time this is over, who right. may or may not have some experience in that very yeah. same thing. Yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. I just think the possibilities with that are, are endless. They don't have to end, um, you know, when this new normal of ours ends. It can, it can extend and it can keep going. And I think, um, you know, the only other piece I see continuing on with that are the, the wellness chalk talks because teachers need that. Yeah, yeah. Teachers need, and they need connections outside of their building. And, and um, you know, there's so many, we could, we could create cohorts by state and we could create cohorts by, you know, what we instruct or special ed or regular ed or, you know, there's so many possibilities with it, but just for teachers to connect with other teachers in a way and on a level that we haven't done before is really powerful. Okay, well, we're going to end this by asking you some rapid fire questions. So the way this is going to mm -hmm. work is I'll just ask you a question and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind, just spit it out. Question number one iPhone or Android? iPhone. Favorite food? Pizza. <laughs> are, you in, <laughs> are you into sports? Yes. Okay. Who's your favorite sports team? Uh, Brewers. Well, Wisconsin teams, but uh, probably Brewers. Okay. Oh, so baseball person. Best yeah. movie of all time? Oh, man. I'm not a big movie watcher. Breakfast Club. Okay. Uh, your favorite type of music? Mm, country and Christian. Okay. So who are your top three artists that you like to listen to? Lauren Daigle. Oh, that woman. She, <laughs> she speaks to my soul. Um, uh, Miranda Lambert is one of my other favorites. Um, and maybe Carrie Underwood. Nice. Okay. What's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Hmm. Probably some kind of seafood. Escargot, maybe. 
Okay. Oh, you've had escargot before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your favorite thing to do when no one is home? Sleep. <laughs> Probably sleep. Chocolate or caramel? Uh, chocolate. What's your favorite holiday? Mm, Easter. Nice. So it's coming up. Yeah. Um, and lastly, is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> are they blindfolded or not? They are not. <laughs> no, I think it's fine. Okay. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me today. I had such a good time talking with you. I, it felt so, you. felt so natural, so smooth. Same. Thank you so much for having me. Lastly, before we go, if someone wants to get in touch with you, they have a question about something we might have discussed, um, how can they contact you? Um, one of the easiest ways would probably be through Messenger on Facebook. Okay. Um, yep, they can just send a request through that. I'm, I've become um, very well versed at finding those message requests uh, in my phone <laughs> or on my computer. Um, and uh, if, if we need to talk outside of a messenger um, request, then we can arrange for that. Okay. So just search for Colleen Good on Facebook and... Yep. Or you can go through the teaching during COVID-19. Um, and then if you go where the admins are, you can find my name right there. Beautiful. All right, Colleen, thanks again. Uh, good luck with the rest of your endeavors. I hope this group continues to grow and share, and I'm sure you and I will be in touch. All right, sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast with Colleen Good. Remember that you can always contact me through email at theeducationmovement at gmail.com or through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at edumovement20. I'm happy to hear your suggestions for how to make this show better. Lastly, be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you stream your podcast so that you never miss an episode. More fire guests coming later this week. Until then, remember to stay healthy, stay safe, spread love, spread hope, peace.